Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. A hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher that re... that uh, Oh, God. Why do I stumble over that every week? Forget it. My whole future is over. Everyone's I'm so Sean DePasquale. And I'm here with... I am Teresa Sheffield. Yeah. And this is another <laughs> one. Um, okay, let me get back on the horse. Here we go. This is a podcast where... Uh, two best friends of all time rewatch every single episode of The Nanny for no apparent reason other than we wanted to. We are all the way to season six, episode eight, Making Whoopi, which was written by Suzanne Gar- Gangersky and uh, directed, as all of the episodes this season are, by series co creator, you know him, you love him, Peter Mark Jacobson. Mm hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And Toria, what was this episode? This was part three of a three-parter that we've been watching. So I realized my main note was we're back to season six. (laughs) Uh, uh, Because last week we definitely took a hiatus from season six, appropriately so, because of some serious stuff that was happening. But this is the episode where uh, basically Fran and Maxwell spend the whole time trying to conceive a baby. Um, And that will make a little more sense when we get into the very beginning of this episode. Um, Because we, we pick up right where we left off last week, which our listeners will hopefully remember Fran, you know, she thinks she's pregnant last week. Um, Then she has like a tear. Oh, and she tells Maxwell and he has a less than enthusiastic reaction. She's like, very upset by that, this and that. And then she ends up having terrible pain like in her abdomen and she goes to the emergency room basically. And the episode ends with, you know, she and Maxwell are like embracing in in uh, the hospital bed and, you know, well, he's, he's com- Yeah, yeah, he's ready now. She yes, like convinces him. Yes, this whole experience has, you know, made him realize that he's totally ready to have a baby with her and they're actually really happy about this development and then her doctor, Dr. Reynolds, comes in and literally says, Fran, I'm so sorry. And then it's like to be continued. Yes. And so it was like- Dr. Very... Reynolds played by Nora Dunn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we pick up this Nora episode... Dunn! <laughs> as they would have said, as great Don Pardo <laughs> would have said when he announced her on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's so true. That's how he would. That's how he said it every week. I it echoes I, in my head every time I see her. <laughs> I didn't know you could pull out such a great impression of him. Oh my god! I I could do. I can do anyone's name in that guy's voice. I heard it so many times. Gr- and then you know? you know, after he passed, Daryl Hammond did it in his voice. For yes, years. for years. Yeah, for years. Now they don't. Now it's just like it's not the same anymore. No, I mean, nothing. You really need that voice. I know. Yeah, Yeah. I hate the new intro, actually. Um, But, oh, that was a tangent. Uh, We got off topic because now this week we start right where we left off, except Sylvia has come in the room. So they they slightly change it, I think, because they just wanted Sylvia in the room for this next part. But so Sylvia, so the doctor comes in and they're like, how is, you know, how is everything? And, And she's like, I'm so sorry, Fran. And Fran's like, I lost the baby. And she's like, no, you know, it was a false positive. It turns out you were never pregnant to begin with. 
<laughs> so so it's not nearly as tragic as they made it seem last week, which feels needlessly cruel <laughs> to <laughs> millions of women watching this in the mid 90s going, wait, what? <laughs> I, know. I know. But then then they instantly turn it to yes. chuckles and yucks because Sylvia instantly becomes enraged and she's like, what? She's like, and she like looks at Dr. Reynolds and she's like, well, you're going to have to call Myra Needleman and explain to her why the Hadassah newsletter suddenly has no headline and like basically chases her out of the room because <laughs> Sylvia had clearly called every single person she knew in their Jewish community and so after she and the doctor leave it's now just fran and maxwell like alone in the room or in the room together again and you know they kind of take a beat to process the news and there's actually a very sweet moment where he's kind of like oh darling like i i can't even imagine how you must be feeling like are you okay and she really puts on a brave face and she's like oh yeah yeah you know what I guess it just wasn't meant to be, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like you, you go pay the bill and like, we'll, we'll go home. Um, also so sad that like your first thought after being in a hospital is like, okay, you go pay the bill. <laughs> like, America. For profit healthcare, man. It's brutal. Uh, but so he leaves and she ends up just like breaking down crying because, you know, she, she is putting on a brave face, but she, she was actually really attached to the idea of this. And she, um, you know, it's really sad for her. She was very excited the last episode at the prospects of this. And yeah, I think any, I, I have never met a person, a woman who has experienced like, whether it be an actual miscarriage or whatever this, you call this a mistake carriage, whatever it is. I've never met someone who was just like, oh, well, you know, I think there's like a real moment where you get real excited. You think this is really happening. And then it's, it's kind of devastating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, well, and they actually play like very sad, like sitcom music and they don't even do the opening credits. Like it's it's right to just a sad frozen animated title card doesn't there's not even it's just like a picture of like an animated Fran Drescher and it goes like na, 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 na. Yeah, and it's like I, oh my god I, I went oh no is this gonna be like a very special episode but then like the episode goes <laughs> not in that direction at all and I and and it really left me going why didn't they just put the theme song on this episode like if this wasn't gonna be a very special episode. Just put the theme song. <laughs> maybe, maybe um, they were over for time or something. I don't maybe. know. But well, then we cut to later that week at the mansion, and Fran is kissing Maxwell goodbye, and you know she's she's essentially like clinging to him as he walks out the door, and he's sort of like, um, darling, did you want to talk to me about something? And she's like, yeah. And it's really funny because she she literally like kind of jumped up on him to give him a kiss goodbye, mm-hmm. and he's like carrying her out the door, and she literally won't let him go. And then when she. When he's like, is there something you wanted to talk to me about? She's like, mm, yeah. And then he literally is like carry her to to a seat. To she a bench. Will, yeah. <laughs> and she basically confesses that even though she'd been, you know, putting on a brave face to the hospital, she's actually really hurting by what had happened. And and he's really, really kind about this. And he's like, you know, that's totally understandable. And he's like, you know what? Well, then we'll try and try again, and we will just keep trying, which is also kind of a double entendre because it's like, well, we'll just keep boning. Yeah. And 
Um, and then she's like thrilled by this. And actually <laughs> when they go back into the house, she reveals that she had already bought some baby clothes. And <laughs> this was funny and super sexist at the same time because <laughs> she pulls out one outfit and it's literally like a mini Fran fine outfit, which is yes. kind of adorable. And then he's like, well, what if it's a boy? And then she instantly pulls out a baby doctor's outfit. <laughs> and you're like, why can't the girl be a doctor? But whatever. It's it's the 90s and she's and in also, Queens. What, and, what also, why, and also, why does the boy have to immediately get born into having a career? <laughs> like, why can't the baby be a baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, then she's like, well, they didn't have little lawyer outfits. Yeah. So like, it's just, very, it's just very interesting. She picked out, like, you know, presumably casual wear for her daughter and then like business clothes (laughs) i mean to be fair i worked with women in their 20s from queens many years after this this series and that was still the mentality (laughs) so i mean it rings true um and then um the, the you know so maxwell does leave for work and then sylvia and uh, Yetta, uh, Sylvia, Yetta, and Val actually come in because they're, I guess, yeah. like already in the house somewhere. Well, and they're and, they're they're series regulars, so yeah, they got they got to use them. <laughs> that's true. Um, and Fran like excitedly goes over to them and she's like, "Guess what? Like Maxwell and I have decided to try immediately for a baby again." And Sylvia's like, "Ugh, well, it's gonna take forever." And Fran's like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "He's forty. His sperm's in a coma." <laughs> And then this was Yetta killed me this episode because she literally goes, you know, Franny, I know someone who's in the exact same situation. Uh, you know, she thought she was pregnant and, and then she found out she wasn't. And then Fran's like, Yetta, that's me. And she's like, well, you tell it then. Like, and then and then Val's like, no, no. She's like, Val's like, Fran, no, you know what? My mother had trouble getting pregnant and she ended up taking herbal supplements and then she had three and Yetta goes, three of the dumbest kids I've ever seen. And then Fran goes, <laughs> Yetta, that's Val you're talking about. And then Yetta turns around. She goes, then you tell it. <laughs> like, like she's so annoyed. <laughs> I know. Like, like, oh, well, then you must know it better. But that cracked me up. Killed and then it. it. was so me. good. Yeah. We then cut to uh chinatown herbologist mr Fu, and i you know well, i don't know my, did you did you oh, even, go ahead i don't even think i don't even think you established that in the last scene did you that oh that i knew that they were yeah, going to an herbologist you, yeah that well there's this whole thing that 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 like her what is it her like it's sylvia it comes from sylvia who's like well you had a cousin or something that like went to this guy and yeah yeah so they kind of you know they're i was you know i was just um trimming the fat i figured the listeners would would sort of they'd go there with us oh okay (laughs) i thought it was important to set up why they were like in this like shady chinatown place my mom used to do this and i do think it cured my sister's asthma (laughs) all right we went to well you know and we went to Mr. No, it was Dr. Wu. Oh, wow. And you would go, and it was like, full, it smelled like very strongly of, and there's almost like hundreds of herbs. And his wife worked with him, and he would parcel them out and send you home. And I swear to God, my sister's asthma went away. Uh, but anyway, so then <laughs> um, we're. We're so there. they show oh, up to the shop, right? They show up to yeah. to to this shop. 
And it's very funny because they're looking around and Val looks at this little like bottle of herbs and she's like, what does this do? And he's like, it makes you smart. 50 cents. And she goes, mm, but how much for two? And then he takes the small bottle out of her hands and gives her a larger bottle, basically being like, you're going to need a lot more. Yep. And then he's like, you just take, uh, you know, you take one dose once every 24 hours. And then she goes, but how much per day? And then he swaps <laughs> out the medium sized bottle and hands her a Everything giant bottle. <laughs> yeah. so Which big. is so funny. Yeah. And um, and this is where, you know, Fran's like, you know, I'm kind of having some fertility issues, this and that, and I want my husband to be super fertile. So he gives her these herbs and says, you know, mix them in a shake once a day, um, and, and it will make him like very virile. Um and then on her way, and also, I mean, I'm cut, I'm again trimming the fat, but his wife, Mrs. Fu, comes out. She's super pregnant. She's like, trust me, this is gonna work. And she's like, and here, and you might want to get these cookies. It's gonna make you and your husband very hot for each other. And yeah. at first, Fran's like, oh, uh, we don't need those. Like, we don't have that problem. And Mr. Fu's like, yeah, why would a woman under 30 need these? And then Fran's like, you know what? I'll take three dozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so then, so we established that she had three things. Val is now taking supplements for her brain. Yes. Fran has herbs to give to Mr. Sheffield to make him virile. Yes. And she also has purchased cookies to make you horny. Yeah. Horny cookies. <laughs> yeah. And then we go back to the mansion. And this was the part of the episode where I completely stopped taking notes because so much was going on. I, and it was so also heightened. I literally fell into like a coma. Like I was just like, what is going on? And then I came out of it somewhere later and I wrote, I watched this episode like I was watching a train crash and I couldn't look away. <laughs> well, well, but did well. you clock? We finally reached the flowers for Algernon yes, episode. I did because my note right before I went into my coma was, oh no, it's the flowers for Algernon episode. <laughs> but here's the back. thing. Not, not that sad. They didn't do it in a sad way you know I, I am grateful for <laughs> yeah me too I, I was very nervous at first I was like oh no is this gonna be sad but they didn't really do it in a sad way they did it in a very funny like she's taking a supplement she gets very very smart for one scene and then she's an <laughs> idiot again and friends like why are you dumb and she's like yeah you know yeah. so like <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, in this scene, you know, Fran is in the kitchen, like trying to figure out like the dosing and she's kind of confused. And Val actually explained it to her. She's like, it's quite simple, Fran. You know, you just do this, this and this. And she's like, wow, Val, I think those smart herbs are working. And then so much so that Gracie comes in and she's like, Fran, I need some help with my with my homework. And Fran's like, of course, of course. Like what subject? And she's like, honors algebra two. And Fran like instantly looks terrified. But then Val looks at the paper and she's like, your square roots off. And Val's (laughs) (laughs) just shocking. And then she ends up going upstairs to help Gracie with (laughs) with her like complicated math homework, which is a very funny beat. And then Fran walks out with a shake because she's ostensibly going to go give it to Mr. Sheffield, but not tell him it's a horny shake um, because she doesn't want to like affect his confidence. So she leaves while Niles and Cece come in and they're doing their like casual verbal sparring. And while they're doing it, they both start unwittingly nibbling on those horny cookies. Right. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. Wait, what what were you calling those cookies? I said, I wrote Niles and Cece ate the fuck cookies. (laughs) That's what it was. The fuck 
cookies. <laughs> they were pub cookies. I went, oh no. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, and yeah, and that's exactly what proceeds to happen because like, it's really funny. Like it, apparently within the mythology of the show, the way these cookies work is you eat them and then you turn around and the first person you see, you get horny for. So like, because like Cece's eating the cookies and seemingly they're having no effect on her because she doesn't really seem horny. She's like talking and eating. And then Niles comes in and he eats a cookie and <clears throat> she's got her back to him. And then he turns around and as soon as he makes eye contact, he goes like into like a horny state. And then, well, like it's, it's like invisible. He's like, no. And then like <laughs> and then well, she funnier. turns around and sees him and then and then and then they like well, well, it's funny because it, they look at each other and then like sexy saxophone music starts yeah. to play. Um, yeah. And then we cut to the next morning. The kids are in the kitchen eating breakfast. And – oh, it's not even the next morning. It's several days later because all yeah. three of them are like, has anyone seen mom and dad? Which, by the, the way, so cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved it. I was like, I love that they're just calling them mom and dad now. It made me mm-hmm. want to cry. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to cry, and then yeah, because and then I and then I and then I was googling and thought cookies are real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, is this real? <laughs> um, but so then, um, they are like, they're like, has anyone seen mom and dad for a while? And then Niles comes in and he's like, uh, they're busy uh, on a new production. And then and then Gracie's like, dad's letting Fran help with business stuff, and then he's just like, eat your eggs. <laughs> <laughs> as he starts nibbling on a cookie and then Cece comes in and the two of them are just like flirting up a storm so much so that the kids are understandably incredibly grossed out and they basically like leave for school as fast as possible yeah. to the point where Maggie's like should we be worried about this and Brighton's like let's hope it's just a phase <laughs> <laughs> and then this is very funny because as Cece and Niles are like kind of like revving up against each other and being flirty, he takes out a sponge and he starts rubbing the like soft side on her hand, <laughs> at which point she takes the sponge, turns it over so that the rough side is making contact with her skin and then like encourages him to keep rubbing. And you're like, ooh, is this a- this is implying that Cece likes it rough, <laughs> It was like a very funny, silly way of being like kinky. Like she likes the rough side of the sponge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's happening. Well, while that's happening, Mr. Sheffield comes running down the stairs and he's literally like, quick, hide this pregnancy test. It's negative And I don't want Fran to see it. Uh, and we find out, you know, they have literally been trying to conceive like nonstop for days. And I guess like every time she gets a negative pregnancy test, she's devastated. But I'm also like, so maybe this has been going on for weeks because it takes weeks to find out to test positive for, or like at least two weeks for the earliest of pregnancy tests, I think. So, so presumably this has been going on longer than a few days actually. Yeah, it um, has to be weeks. Yeah, in my head it was like three days, but yeah, it must have been weeks, which sounds exhausting yeah. to me. Uh, he runs down the stairs, like trying to hide this test, and Cece sort of takes advantage of this this moment to to tell him that um he's going to be featured on Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm. This is also when I was like, "What is happening this me week?" Too. Like, what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, and it's Hollywood but it, it was. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that was my 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 note was just like, but why? There's so much going on. Why do we? Why are we doing this? And then and then it was and then we were there. And then, and then we, 
and then friends running through the squares to have sex with Mrs. Hey, Sheffield. Stop and I'm jumping like, ahead. What is going on? Stop jumping ahead. Well, what happened? This was funny though because at first. Um, when so cc is saying that like she's like well you know andrew Lloyd Webber was gonna be on hollywood squares and mr sheffield cuts her off and is like oh what a sellout and he calls himself a man of the theater and then she's like well he can't do it so they want you and he goes i'm gonna be on hollywood squares <laughs> which, which was very funny i love when he's such a dope like that's my favorite mr sheffield uh, yeah, yeah. version uh so He's super excited. and But then Fran comes riding down the stairs looking for that pregnancy test. And he tries to distract her with the Hollywood Squares news. And you you know that Fran wants a baby when, like, it didn't even distract her. Like, she was just like, okay, cool, great, Hollywood Squares. Well, where's that pregnancy test? And then he's like, oh, and you can invite your mother. And she's like, it was negative, wasn't it? <laughs> like, she instantly knows what he's doing. Um, and so – then we cut to the pharmacy and it's Fran, Val, Sylvia. And this is the pharmacy where we've been at a couple of times before. It always yes. is a hilarious time at the pharmacy. I love their pharmacy. Me too. Me too. The pharmacist <laughs> is great. That's why. Yeah. And so, so like, you know, they're clearly there to pick up some, oh, while they're there, we get a little exposition where Fran's like, I just can't believe I'm not pregnant yet. And Val's like, there's nothing wrong with you. It takes time. And she's like, well, you know, if there's nothing wrong with me. Why did Dr. Reynolds prefer? prescribe these hormones and, and, and so so that's why we're at the pharmacy see like we established that but then sylvia goes it's very common to take hormones you know your aunt eddie and your, your aunt addie and uncle Artie both did and then she's like ma that's because uncle Artie became aunt addie and sylvia goes shh she's collecting two social security checks <laughs> and i was like what a progressive joke for the time so <laughs> great such a great joke so good so good um and then as if that wasn't good enough that hilarious pharmacist who this is like the third time they've used him i love he, this guy he loudly announces over the microphone he's like fran fine oh no he actually says fran sheffield he's like fran sheffield your hormones are ready and she like runs over she's like do you gotta announce all my business and then into the microphone, he goes, "What's the big deal? It's not as bad. It's not as bad as when you had that nauseating rash." <laughs> and then he he gives her the hormones, and he also gives her an ovulation test. And he's like, "Remember, you can't have sex until you are ovulating." And I forgot. I was gonna Google if that's a thing. Is that a thing that you you're not supposed to have sex until you're like why why should you not I'm gonna do that right now. Should I mean I don't know that it's I had sex? never heard I know you're supposed to do it when you're ovulating. I think maybe the implication was like don't be doing it like because you want him to be all like saved up, you know? Mm -hmm. For the event. Like just do it when it you know, like don't only let him only let him, you know, uh ejaculate one time when you're ready to do it at the height of your but, ovulation. That's what, how I took it. I don't, I don't think it's like, you can't, I, I like, like, no, no, they, they but they definitely played into that. I'm just, hold on. Wait, should you know? Cause remember it was very much like we got to, we, we have to abstain until I'm ovulating. Right. So wait, should you not have sex until you are ovulating to get pregnant? You, oh, let me see. Well, I am not finding anything. And I I mean it it would be it seems so wild that they would have made this such a key plot point if that was like completely made up but maybe it was I, mean, I, don't, Listeners, I don't think it's made up as so much as like a like wives tale kind of thing you know <laughs> maybe cuz it's yeah 
Because it's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Listeners, if you know, you know. Let us know. Uh, But anyway, so we at least established that for the plot of this episode, that they cannot be having sex until her ovulation test says it's time. We then cut to that night at the bedroom. And they're just sort of like lying next to they each have, other. They have a bunch of pillows between them. Like, I don't know if you caught that, but they literally built like a wall of pillows between them on the bed, which I rolled my eyes at because I was like, oh, come on. These. <laughs> a, that's not a barrier. And B, they, why would they do that? <laughs> well, OK, but here's the thing. Think about this. We're thinking of them as an old married couple. But think about how people are the first couple months they are in a relationship. That's the first, this is the first couple months. Their new relationship energy. I guess. And what I found more concerning was that they truly had nothing to talk about. (laughs) They like, that's what I'm saying. I I mean, that's what I mean is like, like, I don't know. It's just like if you had told me and Elizabeth in the first year of our relationship, oh, you can't. Okay, you gotta, you gotta wait. It's not like we would have like had to put pillows between us and like, you know, slept apart from each other. Like, but we've and we were even younger than they are. We've established that they're horny for each other, and Mister Shuttle has been pumped full of horny smoothies and cookies Mm. this whole week. Well, we never actually see Mr. Sheffield or <laughs> Fran eat those cookies. So I, I actually think, I you, actually think they never ate the cookies. You are being this is what Monica and I always get annoyed at when especially when we're writing. We go, you're being the logic police. Nobody likes the logic police. When you're watching a <laughs> summer blockbuster, when you're having fun at the movies, when you're watching a show, like you're missing the forest for the trees. The point is they're not supposed to have sex and they're like, and they we don't, don't have anything in common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they're like, if we're not having sex, we, what do we do? And he's literally like, well, you abstained from sex for five years. How did you manage it? And then it instantly does a quick cut to them pouring M&Ms into tubs of ice cream. And he's like, well, M&Ms, darling. <laughs> like the yeah. implication being that you just eat your feelings and your libido. Yeah. That is what you, you do. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is how you do. That is how you do it. Um, and then you get low self-esteem and you don't want to date because you feel bad about your body. <laughs> it's a real beautiful cycle of yeah. life. But so then we have that hey, guess what? hilarious joke. It doesn't stop huh? when you're married. No, it never stops. <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> the cycle of self-loathing is more like a continuous stream. <laughs> so then cut to the Hollywood Square scene, which is Fran... Val and Sylvia and Yetta in the audience of Hollywood Squares. And Yetta thinks she's uh, on Let's Make a Deal, which was a game show from the 60s. <laughs> and they're in the audience while Mr. Sheffield <laughs> is a, is one of the contestants. And um, if, you know, if, I don't know, how would you describe Hollywood Squares to anyone who hasn't seen it? Oh, it was great. Okay, so it's basically tic-tac-toe, but inside each of the squares they would have a celebrity making jokes and then the host would ask one of two contestants a question the celebrity in the square would then give their answer if the celebrity in the square was under no obligation to give a true or correct answer and the game was if you could suss out whether they knew what they were talking about or not and if their answer was correct or not uh, you then could say, you would be like, okay, I agree. 
or you could give your own answer, right? Or be like, no, I, I, I disagree. Like that's not the correct answer. If you're right, then you get like an X or an O. And the whole point was to do tic-tac-toe. So like, you, you know, you would pick like, okay, top left square to start. And they would ask you a question. You'd get it right. You'd get it a circle. And then if the, the next contestant would be like, okay, I'm going to do the bottom left to try to block the X from going down, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was obviously really, really fun because there'd be these, you know, celebrities because it was Hollywood squares because it was like famous was people. Great. Yeah, Sometimes it was like they usually- had Kermit the Frog in a square. <laughs> it was a fun, silly show. And in this particular episode, it actually had like a lot of people who were regularly on Hollywood Squares at the time. It was literally like, well, it was Whoopi Goldsberg, Howie Mandel. Uh, was it Bruce Valanche? Was that his name? Bruce Valanche. Really yeah. Caroline Ray. They also had Coolio, a friend of the show, Coolio. <laughs> friend of the show, Coolio. Um, well, I mean, and- all of them, like, like, uh, Carolyn Ray, I feel like was on the show before. I know Whoopi's been on the show before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tom Berenger, I think also maybe was on an early season. The host. Um, well, and um, one thing that's very funny is um, all these different celebrities keep saying things, and the audience like laughs uproariously. And then when Mr. Sheffield tries to make a joke, literally nobody it's laughs. Terrible. <laughs> They're bad jokes. Uh, he's such a dork. I love it. And well, during this, you know, whole scene, Fran runs off because she needs to take her ovulation test where you apparently have to take it the same time every day. She comes back excitedly and she's like, Val, Val. She's like, I'm ovulating, <laughs> which made me laugh <laughs> saying ovulating. ovulating. And, <laughs> and she's like, I got to have sex right now with Maxwell. And Val's like, oh, Fran, like, you know, you waited five years. Can't you abstain for one more month? Cut to Fran crawling through the state through the squares where i was like what is happening <laughs> she's like on television crawling through you know behind all these celebrities to get to the square that maxwell is in she literally like crawls behind Whoopi, and Whoopi's like what are you doing and she's like i need to have sex right now and Whoopi's like usually people are asking for an autograph <laughs> and then we then cut to fran i gotta say that this sequence made me miss Hollywood Squares so much that I actually Googled online, can you watch old Hollywood Squares episodes anywhere? It was so funny. Actually, one of my favorite lines show. was celebrity, was a joke between the celebrities, which was, so, I'll, I'll put it in favorite lines and moments though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we then cut to uh, Fran and Maxwell like hurriedly rushing down a backstage hall because she presumably literally dragged him away from his Hollywood square which would just be insane and they they pop into Whoopi's dressing room they're literally in for four seconds and they pop out and she's like I think that one took <laughs> so they did a real quickie in Whoopi's dressing yeah. room yep and that and, and then I did. I was shocked when I realized that the next scene was the button of the episode because I couldn't believe that that was the end. Like, I was like, what did this, what even happen? <laughs> because then the final scene of the episode, it's Niles and Cece are in the uh, kitchen and back at the mansion. And they're clearly totally over each other because they've, I guess, stopped eating those cookies. And, you know, Niles walks away and they're both like, oh, I don't know what I ever saw in you. And then Yetta comes in and starts nibbling on the cookies. And then she looks at Cece, <laughs> leans in and just goes, Oh, would you be interested in taking a jacuzzi? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. That's it. Yeah. Yep. 
that's the end of the episode. It's wild. By the way, I did find a playlist uh, where you, you can watch um, like oh. 77 episodes, full episodes of Hollywood Squares from the 70s all the way up to like 2008. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, that is a thing. It started, it, it was on for so many years. So many years. Yeah, it was a staple. I, I'm not really sure why it ended or why they don't still do it. It feels like that would still be a thing that like, and I feel like now you could just like, this feels like something Bravo should be doing, you know, mm, and just put like so all their like, you know, reality people in a different square. And I like, it's crazy to me that this show doesn't exist. I don't know. Get at me, Hollywood. We'll put another Hollywood Squares on it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, which means segment. segment. And now segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segment? All right. So segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> Punk rock. Punk rock segments theme, baby. Wow, I feel cool. Someone said bring back the original segments theme, and then they put like LOL JK next to it. And even the joke sent me into a spiral for like 48 hours. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I am someone who actually do love, like if I was listening to a podcast, I would actually probably like the one that I always was used to. But as someone making the podcast, it's way fun. It's fun. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to do um, yeah, it's like I used to get upset when they would like you know change the opening credits or the uh, of stuff. Yeah, to shows. Me too. I know. Mm. I know. All right. Now we're the perpetrators. Um, but so, uh, favorite lines and moments. What were yours? Okay. Well, so I think my absolute favorite line, and it was the delivery of it really that made it for me, because the line itself's not that funny. Is when they're in the pharmacy, the pharmacist reveals that at one point Sylvia begged him to marry Fran. Yes. <laughs> and Fran goes, Ma. And Sylvia, in a perfect delivery, goes, Well, you weren't married. And, well, that was really it. <laughs> I just it thought was. was so freaking funny. <laughs> you weren't married. And, well, no, that was it. Just you weren't married. Yeah. So, yeah, I told him to try to marry you. Like, I don't know what yeah. you want from me. And then she just like walks off. It was uh. so freaking good. Um, the other one you mentioned already, uh, which was the OBGYN uh, screaming at the OBGYN about the Hasada newsletter, the Hadassah newsletter, not having a headline, which is very mm-hmm. funny. And then the last wasn't a line, but I really liked Fran's little like ee noises when she was showing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just really, it was like, I don't know, it was really like uncharacteristically like, like adorkable for yes. her, you know? I thought yes. it was really cute. And I think it's funny, too, because it's like, you know, usually when you've been watching a show for this long, you've sort of like seen every like bag of tricks that somebody has. And just yes. the idea that it's like she is so excited. And yes. that probably, you know, I wonder if that was direction from 
Peter Mark Jacobson being like, oh, oh no, you know, it makes sense. And it was so cute. Just her going like, ee, ee, ee. and then he's like, what about a boy? And she goes, ee, ee, ee. I just thought it was adorable. Really like, yeah, it. that is so true. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite lines um, when Cece is talking to Niles and he says something mean to her and she's like, you know, I have a really great comeback, but don't you have to go wash your boss's underwear? <laughs> Which is a comeback in and of itself. So Such mean. a mean burn. Um, I, and I really liked, I already said this, uh, the, uh, the, uh, that's because uncle Artie became aunt Addie and yes. then, and then shh, she's collecting two social security. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, my final favorite line, cause you said a bunch of mine, it was, it was actually between two of the Hollywood square celebrities and it was Whoopi Goldberg's delivery killed me uh so bruce valanche was like oh i have the worst square i like i wouldn't even i wouldn't even get picked if i was brad pitt and he's like i want to be on top of whoopee because like the way that you know it's designed like you're literally yeah. like, can be above or below different celebrities and then she's like honey if you was brad pitt you would be <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen this Just was this was like whoopee goldberg at her Absolute height of comedy, like uh, the 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 shallow husk of Whoopi Goldberg on the View, does not represent oh. the Whoopi that we had growing up. Like oh. the 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 comic relief Whoopi Billy uh, Crystal and uh, Robin Williams Whoopi oh. is like the, the premier. I mean, and I would say the same thing, honestly, of Billy Crystal. I feel like we we lost him too a little bit. So he, his you know, or he lost his like. What's he, he even up to? Who, who even knows? But I feel like he lost it a little bit as he got older. The last I remember, when this was ages ago, was he was mad at Howard Stern for asking silly questions on a red carpet, and I remember oh. going like, "Oh, come on, don't get mad about that." That's you know, who, get mad you that know. he's a misogynist. <laughs> you know who hasn't lost it? Uh, Steve Martin and Mark oh, Short. They have oh, not, my. boy. I've been listening to which of the Pickwit triplets did it uh, on on uh, on Spotify over and over, uh, which was a song that he sang as part of this season of Only Murders in the Building. I love that show. So then, okay, Yiddish. Uh, well, this isn't really Yiddish, but there was Mazel Tov. And mm -hmm. I think that might have been another one that I, I remember hearing and then I forgot it bummed me out that I couldn't remember it or find it. But we definitely well, had Mazel which is, of course, congratulations in Hebrew. Yes. Okay, this nanny trivia, well, there's two things. Firstly, yeah. Fran Drescher was a semi-regular um, guest on Hollywood Squares. And they actually filmed yes. this like during uh, a time when she was going to be there for an actual filming. I remember her being a guest frequently. And mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. funny to see this episode. Yes. I remember even at the time being like, oh, haha, ha, that's funny, you know? Yes, it was definitely a bit of a crossover event. Yeah. And then other trivia, just I didn't know this. Do you know that Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo in Gremlins? Yeah, dude. Everybody knows that. It's crazy you didn't. My mind is blown. The real trivia here is Toria didn't know that. <laughs> no, the real trivia here is that Sean is such a geek that he oh, thinks Tora. everybody oh, knows that. Sean Sean dwells to... Sean, Sean dwells in basement circles <laughs> where that is I... common knowledge. But I bet you most I of mean... our listeners 
are wowed. I, I mean, I was a fan of Howie Mandel's stand-up comedy where he used to do the gizmo voice sometimes because yeah. for a while he would be like, you probably don't know me, but you know this. And then he would do the gizmo voice and he'd be like, but I'm not going to do that. I'm here to do stand-up comedy. It was like part of his bit. He also <sighs> did the voice of Bobby in Bobby's world. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a what, a, what an icon. <laughs> I know. I know, man. All right. So I have a segment. Okay. So it's time for, I don't know why I picked that. It's the only effect I have, <laughs> but I've got some listener emails that I want to talk about. Um, so I'm going to do it. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. I'm all ears. All right. Here's some stuff. First of all, uh, uh, Elisa said, um, I still hear the old segments tune in my head every time. She And then she clarifies the dance one, as apparently now you are bringing them back randomly. But it took me several episodes to stop laughing every time that that one came on. So she likes that one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, fine. Hi. Yes. Thank you for writing us. Yes. She also says that she started writing this email after uh, season five, episode one. Um, and we, at the time we hadn't received any emails. Um, and then she sends a bunch of random thoughts, but the thing that I, that really, I thought was really interesting is she writes, <clears throat> having growing up in the nineties, I am a victim of this brainwashing whereby only skinny is beautiful. My rational parts know now as an adult, that it is not necessarily so. And chubby is fine as long as it's healthy. And yet I cannot get out of the loop of where it's a sin to not be skinny. When I started rewatching the nanny after not having seen it since I guess the early two thousands, I wondered how much this show and no doubt others influenced me that. And I <clears throat> I've also spent uh, several years saying that I will be 29 for at least a decade. So I guess I also got that from Fran. Thankfully I never became obsessed about getting married though, which I thought was interesting mm. um, that she, she views it as, you know, definitely being part of that sort of fat shaming, body shaming culture, which, which I guess it is, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think it's like without question, um, you know, part of that culture, but um again the thing that it's it's almost like the it's not the one thing that makes it not as bad as the a lot of the other things at the time is well yes fran is fran and sylvia are constantly always trying to diet and i've said this before the thing that like really gets my goat from the 90s is when there would literally be real thin women and their characters like just ate constantly and they never addressed like that this person had to work really hard to maintain that body. Like, you know, like the women on friends were all like real thin and eating and, you know, Deborah messing on Will and Grace, like the joke was she always had a turkey leg and, and it was just like effortless. Whereas, you know, Fran's always doing weight watchers and they're always doing this and they're doing that. So it's, it's definitely like promoting that, like, Oh, you want to be thin and thin is good, which is really unhealthy, but it's also like, Oh yeah, but they're at least like miserable all the time trying to be skinny. It's not, you know, like <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so yeah, so she she there's there's a lot in this email, but she also um, uh, Elisa also advocates for us. Her suggestion for what we do in the future is that she's not a huge TV watcher, so she thinks that it would be difficult for her to get interested in a different show, but. To keep the nanny vibe going, she thinks uh, she suggests that we could do thematic episodes uh, where we look at a theme and how it developed throughout the show, which is interesting. Could be interesting for some extended episodes. I don't know that we could do mm -hmm. a full season of that. I feel like I would run out of steam pretty quickly. 
Um, but that was interesting. And then we got another email. Um, and this one was from uh, Lexi G. Moore, and it's titled Falling Off Buildings. And it says, <laughs> have you noticed the trend? Three episodes where people fall off buildings with no real injuries. Kenny, the cab driver, Val, and now Fran sent from an iPhone. Lexi. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a good email. <laughs> she said that a Me while too. ago. I forgot to read it, but it's so funny. And yeah, Lexi, it's weird. A lot of people fall off stuff on this show and I don't really get it. Um, and then we're running a little long. I, I do want to mention also Thea who uh, wrote five days ago. Um, she, shares a lot about her life and uh the 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 thing that's that's really i think will be most interesting is um she's she basically talks about how uh, well and she's polish and comes from a polish family they're not jewish um but well into her life she heard yiddish phrases and did not realize that they were not english um for many 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 years um <laughs> and then she realized oh these are yiddish expressions and you know and that must come from my polish roots so eventually she ended up legally changing her last name to honor her polish grandmother and she says she still uses yiddish words to this day even though she lives in the south where no one else uses yiddish words surprise surprise um she also uh started working for a jewish nonprofit uh mm -hmm. after grad school and had programs for older adults, including special programs for Holocaust survivors. She mm. says the Jewish religion has a very special place in her heart. As one of her coworkers used to dose, uh, joke that the best month to work for a Jewish organization is September because you would have almost the entire month off with all three-day <laughs> weekends. Um, and she just wants to uh, say that uh, <laughs> this is my favorite part. She says, you guys are really funny. We have great chemistry. We lean into each other's humor. She lay laughs out loud at our jokes, which was all very nice to hear. We make a great team, which I disagree with. Um, <laughs> but then this, what was podcast this is she listening. <laughs> this was the cool part. She goes on a road trip with my husband recently. I mentioned how funny that I think the both of you are. And I like the podcast. My husband has seen maybe one or two episodes of The Nanny, but he was like, well, throw on an episode. Let's give it a shot. He also loved your show and he laughed at all of your jokes. Thank you for providing entertainment during our two eight-hour drives to and from Florida this past weekend. Oh, I can't, my God. I cannot begin. She And then she adds, and this is the most important part is why I've kept you all here. I cannot begin to describe how excited he was when he heard you mention possibly rewatching dinosaurs. <laughs> he mentioned it a few times over the course of our trip. Please consider this another vote in favor of dinosaurs as your next podcast. Thank you for all your hard work. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, warmly, Thea. Uh, 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 I'm not going to give it her last name, but Thea. Uh, Thea, this was an awesome email. Tori, I don't know if you read this one in full yet, but you should go into our email and read it in full because it's actually beautifully written, uh, which is not a shock because Thea's got a master's degree. Um, and <gasps> Oh, my yes, God. Yes. Wow, that good, that's legitimacy. I know. Sean, I Sean know. dropped out of art school. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Um, so, yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. And hi to Mr. Uh, Thea's husband. And, oh, and, and I love it. I still think we should do a dinosaur. I'll tell you what. If Toria doesn't want to do a dinosaurs podcast with me, I'm going to reach out to Thea and see if her husband will. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that made me feel so happy. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? Yeah. Anyway, if you've stayed this long, you are a true fan. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. 
Um, as always, you can. Oh wait, we didn't. Wait, 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 Jesus! Real, 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 real quick. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I? I'm just a man, Toria. Um. Uh, who was uh, I? I guess I'm Fran because if I found out we were having a baby and then um, we didn't, I would immediately want to start trying to have a baby again. I guess I. Oh, God, I don't even know. This is too hard. This episode. I, I don't think I fully related to everyone, but I, I think I would also be the fr- I think I might be the Fran. If I, yeah, if I wanted a baby, I would just be like, that's Gung-ho. what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, right. and on that note, what were you yes. saying? After I well, rudely no, cut you off. No, no, no. It was very important mm-hmm. that we do that, uh, as as all rituals in our lives are very important that they're completed. <laughs> we have to turn around, turn around three times, turn light switch off three times, and then wash our hands for twenty minutes. Um, I was saying, if you've made it to all the way to the end of the episode, that is because you are a true fan of our podcast, which is really lovely and we appreciate it. And we also appreciate the emails. And if you write into us, you can do that at oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us online at oh, Mr. Chef pod, wherever podcasts are sold. We are everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Toria. Mm. Goodbye. We're like, good job. Goodbye. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss Fine. <laughs>